0: There's a question I want us to explore this morning. Um, One, I wouldn't get your hopes up because it's one in which I don't really have an answer for. But there's a question I want us to hold in our hearts as we explore these texts. And the question is, why bother? Okay, why bother? Has there been a time in your life where you just wonder why you even bother to do anything, to help someone, to pray, to do good? Now, if it's just me, I am very prepared to own that. Sometimes the enormity of the world's darkness feels too overwhelming, and I forget how to look for God in the middle of it. Thankfully, this morning we're offered a trio of readings, all of which tell us ways in which God manifests to us in ways that we can see and feel and taste. This is what we are looking for in Epiphany, manifestations, signs, glimpses of what to make of what's going on around us. An answer to the question, why bother? Ways to recognize the actions, movements, and influence of God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You may have noticed also that at the end of my sermons, I use different language to evoke the Holy Trinity. Instead of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, As I sometimes say in other places, I'll say, in the name of God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer. It is an option I like. Um, It's one of the approved uh, uses of alternative language in our church. And I like it not just because it eliminates gender when referencing God, but mostly because it is descriptive, which I find helpful. It tells me what each person of the Trinity offers to us. God the creator, the God who made us in God's own image, who made the earth and the stars, the grass, the flowers, the animals, the mightiest mountains, the smallest anthills. God the redeemer, Jesus Christ, God's son, who who redeemed all humanity from their sin through death on the cross and defeated death through his resurrection. And God the sustainer, the Holy Spirit, whose movement and breath rushes through and among us, empowering us to live according to our creation and according to the commands of Jesus. Their different functions and descriptions help us to see God more fully, more completely, with an openness to all the interesting ways and diverse ways in which we see the divine breaking in. They are distinct and yet the same. Our readings today help us think about epiphanies. God's manifestation in all of these different ways God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, or God the Creator. The author of the third book of Isaiah, which we read today, tells us about the kind of God who restored Israel to Jerusalem after an earth shattering exile and crisis of faith and identity. God delights in you, Isaiah prophesies to Israel. Like a bridegroom to a bride. We see God the Creator here, God who built us, and just as a builder delights in their building, so God rejoices over us. Our very creation, our very beings, are a product of God's love. We see God every day when we lay eyes on another human, another soul, one of God's beloved, one of many. God the Redeemer. John's Gospel tells us about Jesus' first miracle, turning water to wine at a wedding in Cana, showing the disciples exactly who he is at the very beginning. He performed a sign that pointed beyond their circumstances of being just at a wedding and gives us all a foretaste of what's to come. They were a people who were living in a world consumed by oppression and violence, And there's an emptiness that Jesus wanted to fill. They're out of wine. Jesus gives us a sense of what is in store for the rest of his ministry, but also for the rest of us in our lives as those who believe, which is not a painless life, as we know. And yet, it is one that promises abundance, sweetness, joy, savoring, There is always enough in the kingdom of God, which Jesus, our Redeemer, came to bring. God the Sustainer. Paul's response to the church in Corinth meditates on how the Spirit manifests herself among a community. At that time, there were some in the Corinthian church who believed that the particular gift of speaking in tongues made that person more worthy, more powerful, and more valuable than others in the church. So what emerged was this rigid hierarchy in which those who appeared to have been gifted to speak the language of the Spirit had more power, more money, and a more self-interested leadership style. Paul writes to admonish this, but he goes so far beyond a simple scolding. What emerges is this beautiful meditation on how the gifts of the Spirit each of us bring is how God manifests God's self, in community. Sure, Paul writes, some people are gifted with the ability to speak in tongues. But think about all the other gifts of the Spirit that we should also account for. And even if someone appeared more gifted than others, nobody's gifts come from God unless they are used in the interest of the common good of the community. So we can see the Spirit, the sustainer, in one another, when we exist in community and bring our fullest and best selves. The different facets of God, the Holy Trinity, manifest in such different ways, and yet one similarity that all of our texts point to is that they are revealed in pursuit of the common good. The common good is a term that can be used to mean just about anything we would want. There are so many isms, right, diametrically opposed to one another who claim the common good as their ultimate goal. This could mean words as vague as social equality or domestic tranquility or even beloved community. But what does it mean, particularly for our purposes as Christians? Because I'm going to assert that it isn't enough for us to be committed to a concept without trying to grapple what action it requires of us, why we should bother. So let's go back to what was revealed in our texts this morning. God's love extends even into exile. Christ promises abundance, not just enough for everyone, but more than can be contained. And the Spirit tells us that while faith is personal, it is not only personal. It is fully realized when we let it empower us in relation to others. I sometimes wonder if the common good is a goal we can actually achieve. Will we ever experience a place, a feeling in which everyone is fed, housed, clothed, valued, or loved? It was seven degrees when I walked to church this morning, and yet we know that our neighbors slept outside, so many of them. There are children in our world who go hungry, unfed, unhoused, and that frustrates me. It makes me wonder, why bother? The problem is too big. I hope that the common good is a place and a feeling. The common good is perhaps what we think of as God's kingdom. Walter Brueggemann wrote a book about the common good, and he calls it the alternative. When we receive this overwhelming abundance, we can redirect our anxiety, Brueggemann writes, and everyone is better for it. It is not productive for me to ask, why bother? And this is the beauty of the epiphany. We are learning all over again that there is an alternative to the ways in which we are conditioned to live in isolation or selfishness or coldness. And how amazing is it that we do not have to do things the way we always have? I get so excited about this because when I get cynical or negative or overly stuck in my own experience or crisis of faith, I know that I am not even trying To look for God's activity in my life in any way. Sometimes the biggest challenge of our own spiritual lives is asking why we bother, because it's forgetting that there is an alternative, there is a better way, there is a kinder world that we can help make. There is a common good which is intimately tied to God's kingdom. I believe this deeply. And it's what keeps me going. Our world feels very heavy and dark right now. But we also, right now, can bask in the light of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit that is becoming brighter and brighter to us each week. It shows us that it need not be this way forever. There is always a kinder choice, a more spirit filled choice. Each time we make one of those, God becomes a little clearer and is always, as ever, beside, behind, and in front of us, showing the way. Why bother? Because I choose to be bothered. I believe in this better world where the triune God dwells and waits for all of us. In the name of God creator, redeemer, and sustainer.